0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Cy Amundsen, in studio with Chris Corso from Vikings.com, and we are getting you all caught up on all the sound you missed this week from the Minnesota Vikings as they prepare to take on the Detroit Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. And, Chris, this is just the first in a string of three division home games to close the season. And that sort of thing is almost unheard of. This is the first time since 1972 that the Vikings have played their entire road slate of division games before hosting a single division game. And the good news for us, we've been pretty good at home.
1: Yeah, the Vikings are 5-0 and at home this season, the only remaining team in the NFL to be undefeated at home. I think that bodes pretty well when you're still playing three of your divisional opponents coming up in the last four games.
0: And if we're going to get right on Sunday, I think it obviously is going to start with the defense. Tough loss in Seattle on Monday, and some uncharacteristic things happened. Not only 37 points, which is unusual for this defense, but a strong rushing defense historically got gashed pretty heavily on Monday. You know what's crazy, Si? The Vikings
1: lead the NFL giving up five touchdowns the entire season. Three of them were given up during the game against the Seahawks, normally the Vikings just give up around 75 rushing yards per game this season. 218, led by Chris Carson and the Seattle Seahawks. It wasn't. It was a weird game for the Vikings defense.
0: And I think the thing that caught me off guard more than the amount of yards or the amount of touchdowns was how they came. Because I think if my numbers are correct, 13 times in that game on on first down. The Seahawks ran for four or more yards, which means throughout that game, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense was consistently in second and six or less. And when you're in that situation, the entire playbook opens up to you. And that is a dangerous, dangerous place to be as a defense. Uh, The other part of the defense, one that had caught some heat going into the bye week, I I think there were still some people frustrated with the the Xavier Rhodes missed assignment and blow up on the sideline and block. blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, when we heard from the head coach earlier in the week, he wasn't upset with the, as upset with the defensive backs as some people uh, on you know, Twitter were.
1: Yeah, Coach Mike Zimmer had his dreaded Tuesday conference call following a, a West Coast road game on Monday night. And the media asked him, they said, what did you think about the defense? They asked him about roads. And it was pretty surprising to hear him say he was like, wow, the Vikings – the defensive backs, we worked on technique all week coming into the second half of the season. He saw a lot of improvement from guys like Mike Hughes and, and Mackenzie Alexander. He noted the one play with Xavier Rhodes, but he was very impressed with their technique in that game.
0: Well, hopefully that's a good thing going forward. And let's go from uh, from that on Tuesday to what we heard from him today. And let's kick the show off the way we always do with a, uh, this is a bit of a truncated, Zimmer. Zimmer's ornery. He's quick on Friday. He's ornery after a loss, so we got a little bit of him today on Friday, but we're going to give you everything we heard. Uh, Let's hear from the head football coach.
2: Okay, we're excited to get back uh, to U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, get get with the crowd, uh, play good football, play great technique, fly around to the ball, be aggressive, and... uh, Detroit's a, a very good football team. Every one of their games has been very close, uh, so we, we're going to have to play well, and it's time that we start doing that. Mike, you
0: talked about the secondary, some things to build on from the last week. What did you like about the practices you saw out here and building on? Some of the-
2: yeah, well, we're still, you know, continually harp on the techniques and fundamentals that we're trying to teach, and, uh, you know, like I said before, sometimes you get involved with game planning and different things. You kind of let some of those things slide a little bit so we're just grinding on trying to get back to doing things the right way.
3: Whether it's Ben Driscoll or Blau at quarterback have you seen them running similar concepts to what they did when when Stafford was in there?
2: Yeah a lot of a lot of things I mean they've adjusted with each quarterback a little bit Um, you know but uh, a lot of their stuff is the same
0: Alvin, just how he's working on the fumbling, kind of gripping the ball when maybe you're not taking the hits on him, just to preserve him throughout the week. Like, how do you tell? That? Yeah,
2: we we do that, we do that all all the time. I, um, I would not. He's not going to fumble. Let's just say that. Okay.
0: What an amazing way to end a press conference! Stumbling through an answer and just being like, I t- "Just, I don't need to answer that." He's not going to fumble. Just to have that extreme confidence. And you know, I knock on wood. I think he's probably right. The fu- you know, it looked like in that game, Delvin got dinged right on the spot that he hurt in the Bronco game, and that's what caused the fumble more than anything. I I, I don't know that ball security is a huge issue for Delvin. I think for some people, the worry with Delvin when he went down was that he wouldn't be ready for this week. That's not the case. We just got a hold of the injury report. He's not even on the injury report, which is kind of what we saw coming this week. But, Chris, why don't you give me a full rundown of what Vikings are where?
1: Yes, uh, the big talkers on the injury report this week are Adam Thielen, still with that nagging hamstring injury. He's listed as doubtful for the game. Riley Reif, who suffered a concussion in the Seahawks game is listed as questionable. Obviously the starting left tackle um, for the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Looking at the injury report, other than that, um, Linval Joseph was the only other one we were worried about. He's left off the injury report, so he's expected to play. Harrison Smith also left off, and, and and as we noted, the Vikings running back, he's also left off that injury report.
0: Yeah, the good news, I think, when Harrison Smith uh, went into the bye with a hamstring injury, you wondered what sort of situation this would be. The fact that he's not even on the injury report is, is absolutely great news. And I, I think, you know, if, if we didn't see... And I have no idea what I'm talking about generally, but if we didn't see Adam Thielen for that big-time Monday night game, it tells me that this team is doing everything they can to bring him back when it's appropriate so we can have him for the stretch run uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, a- as we mentioned, I think Delvin Cook uh, kind of got sick of the question about whether or not he would play this weekend, and uh, he addressed that in the locker room quickly and swiftly.
1: How are you feeling? Do you expect to play on Sunday?
0: Yeah.
4: I'll be out there on Sunday. I feel good. <clears throat> Actually, better than I expected. So, you know, I'll be out there on Sunday, ready to get a W. I think
0: Pain yeah,
4: basically. I That's just, I just what it comes down to. I don't think this thing could get any worse. I just think, you know, us being smart about it on Monday night was the best thing. You know, moving forward, you know of what we have you know, going forward. So that was the best thing for me to shut it down Monday night so I could get ready, you know the roll on Sunday.
3: You were favoring it a little bit after that first half screen pass that you got tackled on, is that when it initially started to bug you again?
4: Yeah, I felt I felt kinda of wrong. I kinda of tried to brace myself for it, but I kinda of felt wrong. But you know, that's when it kinda of, you know shook up on me at first. But yeah. You
3: felt like you could be played through at that point. Yeah, I felt like
4: I could come back after The the last one, just, you know, you want to go out there and compete, but, you know, like I said, being smart about it was the best thing.
0: That's great news. Uh, if you're a Vikings fan because it was not a fun feeling to have him fumble and then have the camera pan and see both Cook and Diggs down on the field. The only way that moment would have gotten worse is if a newscaster would have broken in like, "Oh, this just in, US Bank Stadium has also collapsed like the Metrodome." Like it was like it felt like an end of days moment. So not only the fact that he's not on the injury report that he's confident, but that if you picked up that little nugget that was it can't get worse. You know, it, it, it can't progress. It's just something that he has to deal with. That's huge news. The other side of the ball, the Detroit side, they are ransacked. Is that a word, ransacked? They're ransacked with injuries. A lot of guys on IR. TJ Hawkinson went on IR this week. on Johnson isn't playing. And they are down to their third-string quarterback, David Blow, who got his first start on Thanksgiving. David the Plow, Blau. I'm trying to. It doesn't work, but I'm trying to get it going. Chris, let's talk quickly here, a little bit about who is David Blau, because uh, like I mentioned, Chicago last week, Thursday, Thanksgiving, NFL debut, 22 of 38. 280 yards, two touchdowns, only a single interception, and he was only sacked two times by Chicago's incredible defense. His second career pass was a 75-yard bomb to Kenny Galladay. But honestly, this shouldn't—I'm not— anointing him the next great quarterback, but that sort of performance shouldn't be a huge surprise, given the sort of things he did in college.
1: Yeah, he hails from Purdue, the Big Ten. A couple big quarterbacks have come out of there, Drew Brees and uh, Kyle Orton. And One big quarterback one big has quarterback. come from there, and, <laughs> and
0: Kyle Orton.
1: <laughs> he had a good career there, though. In his senior year as a fifth-year senior, he threw for 30, over 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. He actually had a game in his junior year where he broke the Big Big Ten passing record for yards in a game with 590. He had a game where he beat the number two ranked Ohio State. Um, he had a very good career in the Big Ten over there at Purdue. So he's he's done some things that maybe some of you Gopher fans have seen um, in that in that conference.
0: Yes, yeah, no joke. I mean, over his career, almost 10,000 yards, 69 touchdowns, and 126.8 QB rating. But I think more importantly, uh, Zimmer. Is at the point where he's probably getting a little bit sick of seeing backup quarterbacks? Uh, I, I, would, I would assume that's the case. I mean, it's we, unbelievable. We've done it a few times this year, and it's always hard to play someone when there's no tape on them, and especially a guy who does have the arm to go deep. So let's hear what Zimmer had to say about David Blau
2: yeah I thought he threw the ball well uh, moved in the pocket um, he's a very smart guy we you know one of our coaches w- w- coached him in the east-west game so you know we tried to get a report on him the best we could but uh, <clears throat> you know he i thought he i thought he played really well he made some really good throws um, had a chance to win the game at the end it was 24 to 20 and um, but uh, they just ran out of time so um <clears throat> he has he has our ultimate respect just like everybody else that we play I feel like you keep
3: running into these quarterbacks that have maybe played one game this year, you know, with short track
2: records. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's part of the NFL. We're just glad our guys staying upright.
0: And speaking of their guy, our guy also had an opinion on their guy. Kirk Cousins on under center with Kirk Cousins this week. He actually had a chance to see Blau play, which when you're an NFL guy, you don't see a lot of other NFL games, but it was Thanksgiving. So let's hear what Kirk had to say about the quarterback. He's going to sling it around out there, and I don't know if yeah. you had a chance to even look at him or see anything that he's been up yeah, to. Yeah,
3: I watched him on Thanksgiving Day, obviously watched the game. Yeah. Um, did a great job. I mean, for your first career start, and he's a rookie he was on a different team all offseason right. in, in Cleveland to be able to, in late August, make the jump over to Detroit, pick up the system, and go in and play against a really good Bears defense. You know, he has a lot of teammates who are out as well, like they're starting running back. And to go in there and play at the level he did, I was very impressed. And uh, you realize that a guy like that is going to come in here with nothing to lose, ready to go. And, um you know, we as a team got to be ready to answer the call.
0: But Kirk didn't leave his assessment just to the opposing QB. Mark wanted to know what he thought about how he'd been playing lately. And although he has the opportunity to revel in some successes, Kirk was pretty honest and hard on himself about the way the Seahawks game ended. Uh, but you seem to have a real comfort uh, mm-hmm. when I
4: watch you in the, in the huddle right now. and No matter yeah. what's going on, nothing seems to be affecting you.
0: Well,
3: it's hard to say. I think, um, you know, we've talked about it at the first segment of this show. I was very upset that we did Mm -hmm. not go down and score on the last drive. And I, and while you say, you know, played well, done some good things. I take a lot of pride in at the end of the game, being able to, to, to make that play on third or fourth down that, that gets the, keeps the drive going and gets you down in scoring position. And, I did feel like we have the team and the offense that can do that in that moment. And so it's hard for me to say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a great job. When when the last drive I was out there, we did not uh, complete the job.
0: As Kirk continues to be, uh, in my opinion, play incredibly well, but also continues to be a bit of a divisive guy amongst the fan base, one of the things I love about him is he's always willing to be honest about his performance, and that, that gives you a lot of hope that, Going down the stretch, when he gets that sort of opportunity again, he can come through. Uh, We're going to be right back here on Vikings Final Prep. Before we leave, get ready for final kickoff all season long with Vikings Blend at Caribou Coffee. 10% of all proceeds go back to the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. Purchase in-store today or at cariboucoffee.com. And since it's that time of the season help the Salvation Army fight for good by giving at a red kettle. You can also donate online at SalvationArmyNorth.org. No amount is too small. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Vikings Final Prep. I'm your host, Cy Amundsen, getting you all caught up on all of your Minnesota Vikings sound, and hey, Why don't you join us here at KFAN along with the Vikings as we broadcast live at Fleet Farm in Lakeville for the Toys for Tots drive on Tuesday, December 10th. Come watch the Power Trip, PA, The Common Man, and Dan Barrero in action, plus Vikings players and other special guests throughout the day. Bring an unwrapped toy for donation for a chance to win Vikings tickets and autographed merchandise, Chris. Learn more at Vikings.com. Slash toys. All right, let's get right back into it here with the winning formula from VikingsGamePlan.com featuring voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Ron Johnson of Vikings Game Day and Live. And because I have a huge ego, me, Cy, I'm on this one. Kyle's been clutch, it's, it's great to see.
5: Yeah, we joke about him being the red zone reindeer this time of the year, but honestly, if you look at the last six games, the start of the season, he had zero touchdowns. The minute we got into the holiday season, he's had six. Yeah. So clearly, yes, he can catch touchdowns early in the year, but this is his time of the year to be utilized. Kirk Cousins has found something in him, and he actually has made two one-handed catches that bar none should have ESPYs or some kind of voting in there, because yep. Kirk understands, hey, if I just put it up there soft enough, Kyle's hands are big enough to make that catch, and he's yeah. very reliable in the red zone. I think that's the key for any quarterback. I can rely on the fact that he's going to be where
0: he says he's going to be when he's supposed to be there. All right, um, Cy, what uh, what do you think? You know what I love about Kyle Rudolph? Yeah. Paul, numerous times in my life I've gotten a job, <laughs> Yeah, and then people have found out I got that job and gone, why would you pay him to do that? Yeah. Great example, this hair, this show. Okay. I think in the offseason, there was a portion of the fan base that didn't love that Kyle Rudolph got an extension. And for him to come out and respond the way he did, have like a career year yeah. at this point, and take on new things. He's learned, he's blocking at a level he never has before. I'm vicariously living through his triumph. I, I think it's just incredible. And to do all that in the first half of the season, and then like you said, have the catches come in the second half in big moments, it's just... I, Imagine doing that at thirty years old. It's it's incredible. Thirty's not that old, but I will say I mean Ron, you're a hundred, but I get it. <laughs> that was winning formula from Vikings Game Plan. And hey, if you're not listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, you should subscribe on all platforms. Chris and I do it every week, and you should listen because this week we had Viking safety Anthony Harris join the show, who had his first Career touchdown. Here's a little bite. When you saw that ball, when you saw Russ bat that thing, did you already have end zone in your eyes?
5: I was thinking it was mine before he batted it. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I look up, I see him throwing to the tight end, so I'm thinking, you know, get a good break on it, maybe try to affect the pass. And then once it's batted, I see it in the air, and I just I just continue to run. You know, I'm thinking when it comes down, it would be funny if, you know, the ball bounced off someone's helmet and I was able to like actually dive out, catch the ball and get an interception. It'd be great. Yeah. So as I'm running on that's what I'm thinking, and then he bats it. And I'm like, I got a shot. And it's Yeah. It got batted and, twice though. Yeah, I got batted twice. So off of the second one, I pretty much I knew I was gonna have a chance to catch it. And from there it was just you know, I've had a chance to get some interceptions and um I look back over them and I'm always thinking, you know, I gotta I gotta get some yards out to catch on these, yeah, you know, you gotta I gotta get in the end zone, you know. Yeah. I wanna I wanna finish the big play with the big play. So You were moving, um, you're
1: like you had the momentum, so you're yeah, gone. You're yeah, gone. so
5: right before I even caught it, I just like peeped off to the left. I'm like, okay, if I can split right here after I catch it, I'm good.
0: It's always great to have Anthony Harris in the studio. Not only is he playing fantastic right now but he's truly one of the most wonderful human beings in this building one of the best and he's always great to be around uh, that'll do it for your sound real quick here a couple final notes on the Detroit Lions going into this 3-8-1 and one. Chris it should be an opportunity for us to get right on I know we've been playing well on offense but it would be nice to see a full 60 minutes start to finish. And and these guys are the candidates to do it against. The the Lions are 25th in the NFL in points against, 29th in yards allowed, 23rd in rushing yards, 30th in passing yards. So Kirk, uh, whether Thielen's out there or not, Kirk and all of his friends should have the opportunity to put together a big day. And as the Vikings try to get right on the other side of the ball, like we mentioned before, Carrion Johnson isn't there. They have former Alabama running back Bo Scarborough. And although that's a funny name to say, don't let it fool. This dude is a beast. So the Vikings need to cu- – it, it's a challenge after what happened on Monday to come in and shut him down.
1: Yeah, Vikings head coach mentioned, uh, Mike Zimmer mentioned him at the top of his press conference on Wednesday Bo is a national champion winning uh, running back at Alabama, playing under Nick Saban. He knows how to run the football, and he's a big body. Um, he had a great game last week with 83 yards on 21 carries. 236 rushing yards on the 53 carries he has this season. So he's a load to tackle, and the Vikings' defense better be ready because he is a big dude um, opposite of Ty Johnson, who is the other running back that splits duties. He's a little bit on the faster side. So watch out for a couple of these no-name running backs, but Big Bo, I'm watching out for him.
0: Bo Scarborough is he might not be a big name football player, but he has a ridiculous just name for a human being. <laughs> what a silly fun name! Uh, real quick, Chris, let's get out of here. What is your biggest key to victory this weekend?
1: Yeah, my biggest key is going to be a little different from what we've talked about so far in the show. It's the Vikings' offensive line. How will they be able to protect Kirk Cousins in this game? They didn't do the best job of it in Seattle, and this team has a pass rusher in Trey Flowers, former national, Nash- uh, former Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. He leads the team with six sacks. I want to see Brian O'Neill be able to stop this guy. Rashad Hill is also going to, m- might be playing um, with Riley Reef questionable on this game. So look for the Vikings offensive line to really step up and protect Kirk Cousins.
0: I love it, and uh, I'm going to stick on the same one that I had last week and the week before that. I-, I love the no huddle. I I would like to see it at a point in the game where we are not behind, and I'm really interested to see as this offense walks down the, the the home stretch of this season, how it evolves and grows, given some of the things that they've done really well, even in Monday night's loss. So, quick programming notes. If you want to watch the TV broadcast, it's Fox KMSP in the Twin Cities. Play-by-play will be Tom Brenneman, analyst Chris Spielman, sideline reporter Shannon Spake. But I think you should listen to the local radio broadcast and the man himself, P.A. Paul Allen on KFAN 100.3 FM, KTalk 1130 AM, and all of the fan affiliate stations, play-by-play, like I mentioned, P.A. analysts Pete Bursich, sideline reporters Greg Coleman, and the stupid handsome Ben Lieber. Radio pregame show Mike Musman, 10 AM. Let's hope we get a victory, guys, and we will see you back here next week.